I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a stomp with a guest to take a little meander into their life. On the podcast today, I'm so excited to be speaking with Spencer Matthews, who you'll all know from Made in Chelsea, as well as his own range of podcasts, Spencer and Vogue and Big Fish, as well as his non-alcoholic spirits brand, Clean Co. Spencer has been extremely open about his decision to go sober in 2018 and the reasons he felt he had to make this change. As some of you might know, I also made the decision to go sober in December. So this episode is for those that are sober curious, Maybe you've just considered the possibility of going sober or you might have done dry January and want to continue. I hope this episode will be very helpful for for you wherever you come at this from. Now we are stomping in my local grounds of Battersea Park today and you're probably going to hear a few planes going over. In fact, there is one drifting overhead right now. In fact, I hope it's not drifting. I hope it is meaningfully propelling overhead. Um, But you might hear some noises from the planes. It's all part of a good old stomp. I also want to say a huge thank you to all of you that have been subscribing to the Stompcast of late. It really helps the channel. People are asking, how do I support the Stompcast and what you're doing? Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference in terms of new people seeing the channel and basically helping people discover what we're trying to achieve here in this community. Also, a big, big shout out to everyone that got a copy of A Better Day over the winter period and going into January. It's kind of blown my mind how many books have reached people and how many people have messaged me saying it's helped. So if you're loving A Better Day, if you've had a copy, you found it's helped you or young people in your life, then please drop me a DM and let me know. I absolutely love reading your feedback. Let's get cracking with the episode. Spencer, welcome to the Stompcast. Thank you for joining me on this lovely crisp day. It was absolutely peeing it down with rain earlier and I texted you this morning saying, oh gosh, fingers crossed it yeah. does dry up because we'd have been soaked. But it's, a, it's good to get out, isn't it? It's nice to get out for a good old stomp, even absolutely. on a wet day. Well, I love your, uh, your, your general messaging about being out of the house and, and, and walking. I think it's very important. It's uh, especially nice to get out, I think, early. We're walking in the morning and stuff. It's nice to get out, I think, first, first thing. And just before we, we put on the mics, you were saying about um, how, what's the average number of hours that a Brit spends hungover? Well, uh, only according to Google, I'm afraid. According but, to Google. But 252 hours a year spent hungover right. by the average Brit. So that's, you know, 10 and a half days. We'll verify that in the show notes. But uh, yes. <laughs> to verify the Google resource for that one. But it doesn't actually necessarily surprise me. And I think especially like now like we're out we're feeling fresh and good you know it's a monday it's a new week that we're recording this on you kind of realize that you know when you're um we're going to talk a lot about sobriety when you're opting maybe not to drink or drinking less or mindful drinking whatever you want to call it you're gaining so much more time and you're having like i guess valuable time like we're i feel like present in this moment does that make yeah. sense like yeah, you're of kind of really enjoying being out and moving and walking and i think even sometimes if you get into good habits of going out walking, when you're hungover, you don't experience them the same, do you? No, well, you know, I was, part of the reason I drank so much was actually because, you know, I was pretty functioning and, and mm. you know, unfortunately I didn't suffer particularly from hangovers, right, yeah. which was part of the reason that it was kind of always okay to jump back on the horse. But you begin to realise when you are a, a very heavy drinker and you kind of give up, 
or, or even you know abstain just for a, a brief period of time your capacity yeah. completely shifts right like i honestly believe that i was probably functioning at maybe 25 30% capacity wow. you know uh, like and albeit functional mm. and fine and yeah. very social and great fun um, it was almost impossible to you know set myself real goals and you know have have serious ambitions so which is something that i'd i'd like to think i've kind of always had buried deep down so i don't know yeah being clear minded and fresh and feeling good um, is obviously beneficial, right, to, to your mental yeah. well-being as well as your physical health. Whether or not you're feeling hungover or not, this is a judgment-free zone. I think the conversation we'll have in the next hour is going to share our own um, experiences and, we, you know, coming from different maybe angles in some ways. But, you know, I hope whatever um, view you have on alcohol, that you have an open-minded view of this conversation and certainly we're going to be judgment-free and, yeah, just sharing our own thoughts, really. I, I, I heard... Um, I was, I was on, on the old TikTok the other day and I saw a clip actually with an interviewer you were being asked about that point of uh, productivity and uh, I thought it was a really, really good phrase that you said was about like later, like, you know, like with things you're like, oh, should I do it now? No, I'll do it, do it later. And I think most of us can, can kind of relate to that when you're feeling hungover and you just feel, oh, do you know what? I wanted to do this today, but oh, do you know what? Oh, I'll do it later tomorrow, later. I'll do it later. Absolutely. And that would be the case from, you know, hardly any booze at all. You know, a couple of beers yeah. at lunch for me would mean yeah. that I would kick an important email into the following day. Yeah. And, you know, that the following day would have been dependent on what happened after the yeah. two beers, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it had a real effect on my productivity in particular, yeah. right? And I don't know, it's kind of... I'm not here to preach yeah. and, and, you know, I, I believe that a healthy relationship with alcohol, if you'd like to yeah. have one, is great, you know, yeah. no problem, you know, certainly at Cleanco, which is the business I set mm. up, which hopefully I'll talk to you about, um, you know, is, is primarily a message of moderation, yeah. right? If you're able to just enjoy yourself and have a few drinks, that's, that's, that's fine. But, you know, for me, when you look at, when you look at it and you realise that there are, you know, no health benefits whatsoever to, yeah. to drinking, and particularly, as you mentioned earlier, in your you know, slightly older age, not that we're ancient, <laughs> yeah. but you know, when I was, when I was advancing ages. Yeah. 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 When I was 18, 19, it, this stuff really didn't matter. Yeah. You know, it certainly didn't feel like it did. Whereas, you know, now I feel that, I don't know, almost if I want to live a full life, alcohol can't have a place in it. Yeah. It's an interesting one. And I think, you know, we're very similar age and, and I kind of grew up at the times when you were kind of, I hate to use the word, when you were on MIC and you were kind of the early days of the partying and you and Jamie and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was at med school that time and I think in many ways we were living similar lives, going out and enjoying, like working hard, but at the same time enjoying enjoying yourself. And what is really interesting... It sounds is that, like you were probably achieving more than me <laughs> at, at, at the time. I don't know. Um, but we, when, you, when you look at it now, what's really interesting is that Students, there is definitely a trend and a, and, and a change, I think, in attitude towards alcohol because the NUS, or National Union of Student, Students, did a survey and found that one in four students now don't drink at all. They opt not to drink. And I don't think I knew more than a few students that didn't drink at med school. You know? I, I, absolutely. I mean, well, back, I think, I think things are shifting and I have my views on why that might be. You know, personally, I believe that the younger generation drink less because their lives are more publicized, right? So social media, when we were that age, didn't exist, right? So I think it was possible to go out and really, you know, put yourself through hell, you know, in, in inverted commas, have, have a great time, but it wouldn't yeah. be shared anywhere, right? And I think most people uh, who do engage with social media are keen to put their best foot forward, right? It's kind of, un, 
it uh, doesn't make too much sense to, to show a lesser version of mm. yourself. So I think, you know, being drunk, I suppose, plays, again, little little part in, in that. But, you know, I, I think when everything is as public as it is now, people are perhaps more mindful of how they appear. Yeah. And therefore that has to play, in my opinion, a, a part in, in why people drink less or the younger generation drink less. But also, you know, it's just so ingrained in society. And again, I don't mean to be judgmental, but, yeah. you know, when you are sober and you yeah. do look at it, it, it is funny that there always is a reason yeah. to, to have a drink, right? You yeah. know, you finish, someone dies, you finish drink, work, have a drink. drink. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah. you have a great success at work, you drink. If you have a bad day at yeah. work, you drink. Exactly. You, know, you go to university, you drink. You do. Everything seems to be marked. Even literally, like, the coming of age of being 18 is marked with, like... Did you have a big night? You know, did you? Yeah. You know, I hope you had a really big. Oh, what? You didn't get really drunk on your 18th. You know. Yeah. I would. I would perhaps just take the view that, you know, alcohol isn't necessary per se in, in those yeah. situations. You know, quite 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 as often as, as people think they they might be right. And I did a piece to camera the other day. You know, I'm I'm trying to be a bit more, almost inspired by you actually in some ways because you're you're I think you're a fantastic influence and great presence on oh, social media and. You know, until kind of early 2023, I've never really done much with with social media. But I do feel, having been sober for some time now, that you know I, I, I might be in a position to to give some advice, oh, right? Absolutely. And so, so I kind of feel that you know this word alcoholic, I feel, yeah. is a barrier, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people who you know may not define themselves as as alcoholics are quite right to do so because I think it's a bit of a barrier. To, to getting the help that you might want, right? So I think, you know, if you look at the NHS, and you'll know this much better than me, you know, and I'm absolutely not having a dig at the NHS, I just think some of the language surrounding alcoholism is a little bit outdated. You know, 14 units of booze a week would, would be considered excessive drinking. And I think anybody that drinks alcohol drinks more than that, yeah, right? So it's yeah. kind of, there's millions of people then who are, in inverted commas, alcoholics on paper who wouldn't define themselves as alcoholics because they probably don't believe well, that they have a problem. People, and they probably um, don't have a problem. People are, on average, people will actually give a figure that's half the amount they drink, yeah. on average. So in Doctor's Questionnaire, usually if you'll say 14, it's 28. And yeah. that's not, I'm not saying that's a hard and fast rule, but that is the yeah. average from some research being yeah. done. So there's, a, I guess that barrier, the thing is, is that if you create a stigma around say being at that number of units then people will just try not to meet that subconsciously even if they're not actively trying to do that it's like oh gosh i don't want to be seen to be over this kind of figure that's yes or or i don't i don't want to be labeled as as kind of you know dirty or dependent on something when you might you know feel feel that you're not and so it's kind of i feel that you know some people a lot of people a lot of people i know you know probably know that they drink too much or or you know go too far at the weekend or whatever and it's kind of are they alcoholics? Yeah. Pro- probably not. You know, is it is it getting in the way of their life in a in a really bad way? Maybe not. But could they use some yeah. good advice on how to cut back? Sure. So why why the label? Right, is yeah. all I'm. I'm do, saying. do you think the words do matter? Though, because I think one of the things I, I found interesting. I did a post about um, being 30 days sober, and I must say, actually, the, the support was 99.9 percent fantastic. Yeah. There's a few people that kind of didn't like the use of the word sober. I mean, if you look at quite literally the definition of being sober it's to abstain from yes. from alcohol and there's almost like becomes this slightly like splitting of levels of like are you tr- do you truly are you truly sober like do you need how much do you need to drink to be then defined as being sober if you don't drink like yeah. where does that put you are you an alcoholic are you not an alcoholic was a problem or not and i think what was quite interesting to see the response is that most of those people who would self describe themselves as 
alcoholics and, and, and struggling from in alcohol recovery yeah. actually said, no, like the word sober should be entirely inclusive. Whether you have one beer a week and you decide you don't want to drink or you have a hundred beers a week and decide you don't want to drink. And it's a two-way thing, isn't it? You kind of want to make, and I think that's quite, quite good what you're doing with Cleanco is like whether you decide that you're not drinking at all yeah. or whether you want to be mindful of your drinking, whatever position you come from, don't make it like a, a closed club, you know? Yeah. Make it open because then the judgment's both ways. Like if you're being, if I'm being judged for say, if I'm being judged for saying oh, I, I'm sober now and people go, no, no, you can't be sober because you weren't drinking enough alcohol, whatever, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, does you can it? be it's sober for a day, right? You can, like, yeah, it's, you it's, know, a, it's the vice versa. Yeah. So there is a two way thing there. And I just found that quite interesting. There's like a, paradox sitting back and looking i was like this is really quite interesting that people like, are it's protective not gate, over it's not the, gatekeeper yeah. a word but i thought it was fantastic i mean I, I t- a lot of these times when these things happen i sit stand, stand back and i go right is there a point here because it's very yeah. easy for us to be defensive so i was like is there a point here and like that's when i generally like kind of look around to people i would say who are like trusted voices on this and you know i spoke I to a few people in the kind of kind of space who really understood this and, and, and almost allowed them to kind of explain their position because otherwise you can get defensive. But I think it is really important. You just make it as inclusive as possible, whether you, yeah, again, one drink or 10 drinks a week, whatever it is, yeah. you know, have everyone feeling that they can be open and judgment free. I think at the end of the day, what, what everybody should strive for is a good relationship with alcohol, whatever that might be, right? So whether it, that's no relationship, whether whether, or some whether relationship, that's no yeah. drinks at all yeah. ever, yeah. or you know, drinking at the weekend, or whatever that might feel like to you. Everyone's relationship with alcohol is is different, you know. For me, you know, I, I, the thing about all the languages, I think, take if you take me as an example, given that you're talking to me about it, you know, I've been sober for several years. 2018, right? was it? That, yeah, that you know, yeah. just before Theodore was born. Yeah, and that would be. You know, I describe myself as having had a serious problem with mm. alcohol. You know, I would drink. Would you my... use the word alcoholism? Yeah, I get. Yeah, mm. you know. Yeah, sure. But again, I, I think, you know, I did a piece again the other mm. day. Am I an alcoholic? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no other way of looking at it. Like, mm. sure. Yes, I was an alcoholic. I drank to excess very regularly. Yeah. I would drink every day, not always to excess. Um, but I was never, you know, falling over in the streets. You know, needing help to get home. I was always, you know, pretty pretty high functioning. But I, I don't think it really matters, right? Was I alcohol dependent? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, probably not. I think it was just more of a, a very bad habit mm. that had crept into my life where, you know, I, I just, it was just normal to drink alcohol, right? It was just so normal to me. Um, and so, you know, I stopped and noticed all these positive changes to my life. But as an example, if I were to have a drink now, yeah. people would be like, ooh, like, are you okay? You know, and it's like, well, yeah, of course I'm okay. You know, I haven't, I haven't drank in, you know, four and a half years or whatever it is. So it's kind of, of course I'm okay. I'm, I'm much better now than I was yeah. then. Yeah, sure. You know, but I people would say like, like, there's always an oxymoron. Have you fallen scenario, off? Like, yeah. I'm worried about you. It's like, well, you should have been worried then. Mm. You know, like, don't yeah. be worried now. So it's kind of, you know, I, I just think that, so and, and by the way, you know, I realize I'm not being particularly eloquent about my point. I, I don't have the answers, mm. but I just think, Boxing yourself into these categories and also giving yourself I think it's, I think it's these unhelpful. mountains to climb. To, to me, like I would rather focus on the positive elements of sobriety. Like, what what can I do with my life if I cut alcohol out of my life? Like, not yeah. dwell on what I was like before, right? Because of course I'm not proud of how I was before. But for me, progress um, will be built on what you make of your life now, yeah. right? And moving forward. 
I think what that raises is an important point, though, and I guess going back to, I guess, where my ramblings kind of started, is that everyone's relationship with alcohol is different. So someone could be sober for 18 years, and, you know, I, I, and I've been reading uh, a lot around this area. Obviously, I only have my own experience, and I'm quick to say that. But there's a lot of people who say, you know, we all have a different relationship. Some people, the dependence and the addiction might be so strong that they are always in recovery. Yes. And then you might have someone else sat in the room that comes from a very different angle. And I think my point around the words was that words are fine, but they shouldn't be barriers. And when they become barriers, then then don't you just just do what you feel that you need or kind of focus on yeah, your I'll, own approach. And I think with the, like the AA, for some people, one person it might be the most helpful, life-changing thing, like there, and by the sounds for you, there was a different route. Yeah, I, and look, I, I, I really, hope that I'm not sounding ignorant no, to people who are, you know, dependent on alcohol. I, I am very much, you know, speaking from my own experience of having had, you know, problems with alcohol and, and kind of pulling through that with positivity yeah. and with, you know, um, an increase in productivity and with a better relationship with the gym and with a clear mind and a better relationship with my wife and being a better father, you know, just stuff that was enough for yeah. me to understand that actually you know, alcohol is this little, you know, bad twin on your shoulder, right? And, and you, the devil on your shoulder or indeed, whatever, yeah. yeah. Let's, talk, let's talk, because I really, I really want to talk about the, your whole journey post, because I think focusing on what you've done and what you've achieved, and I don't mean that necessarily just in terms of the company, but in terms of your family life, you know, you've got, you've got, you've got a family of your own, you're talking about having, you know, all these all kids together in a cafe and, like, big family together, and it's, and I really want to talk about how you go from where you were to, to then, so... I guess my question is, is, how do you know, given what we've just said, how do you know if you have a problem with alcohol? When is it a problem? Um, it, 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 became, it was evident to me when it became a problem when I started spending a lot of time with my wife, then girlfriend, right? Mm. So she's a binge drinker, mm. and she wouldn't mind me saying that. So she drinks every few weeks, literally, only. But she will drink to get drunk and have fun right she won't drink because she likes the taste of wine or you know because she you know feels anxious or stressed about you know so alcohol's not a part of her life really right um so i began to just notice that the occasion around my drinking was becoming less obvious right i think when you're young and you're out and about and you're in a nightclub or you're you know, having a nice dinner with your friends then obviously that is a you know a, a kind of occasion that you would expect to be drinking i think having a whiskey you know on the rocks when you're watching a film with your wife who doesn't drink is something else right and it began to be kind of oh you know why are you do you do you want a second or third whiskey why are you drinking now like you know you're not going to feel drunk and and, and you know do you, like what you know what have you got on tomorrow and you know for me my my drinking was i felt very unfulfilled with you know my career i suppose like i was i think saying that i was ashamed to be on made in chelsea is, is wrong which i was about to say that that's not true at the time it was exciting and interesting but i was very young right i was 20 i think when we started that show and it felt like we were pioneering some kind of cool new reality category here in the uk and you know of course at the end of the day which you were um, really yeah but i didn't really want to be a reality television star if i'm honest right and and then look what happened it turned into this you know years of doing it and doing lots of different shows and i always wanted to do other stuff and i had you know sometimes weeks at a time where i had no incoming work and no structure to my life and you know i i 
would drink out of boredom, essentially. And, you know, and so basically, yeah, I began to notice that I would drink sometimes on my own even. Yeah. That, that's when I began to notice that uh, it was a bit of an issue, like it would be the middle of the afternoon and Vogue would be out working and <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd have a glass of wine or something and I, I would think, mm, okay, this is the kind of stuff you hear about, right, when people have you know, alcohol dependency issues, I guess, and do I really need the glass of wine? No, I probably don't need it, but I'll drink it anyway. You know, and I kind of went through that hard-headed approach of, well, other people might think that this is a problem, but I don't care, I know it's not. And then, you know, it got to the stage where, and I was only very problematic for a kind of short time, I think, where, you know, I was beginning to go to bed drunk, yeah. you know, and I would be drunk, like I'd walk into the bedroom and my head would be spinning and I'd be like, okay, like there's really like no point to this. And then, you know, I'd end up getting up later. And that's when I thought to myself, mm, Berg was pregnant at the time. And I thought, I really want to be a fantastic father. And, and, and I really want to, you know, do something with my life and achieve something. And I just can't get anything done. Like, Did you like think alcohol, this- was alcohol stopping you from doing the things you wanted to do? Was it at the point where it's like, okay, I can't, you mentioned functioning at like 20, 30%. Was it like, oh, I want to achieve X, Y, and Z, but I just, it's like you're trying to get out of the blocks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, someone's dragging you back. I wasn't sure what that was, hmm. you know, and I would blame other people for my shortcomings. You know, I would go to meetings for new TV formats and I would have been out all night the night before and I probably looked like a wreckhead, you know. <laughs> and, 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 like, and of course, I wouldn't get the, the job. And I would think, oh, well, you know, what was I doing having that meeting anyway? I don't want that job. And I, I'd blame my agent for stuff. And I, I basically, you know, I just... I didn't have any accountability for my own actions. And I think accountability is very important. And literally when I decided to go sober, like 10 days in, the difference is just like, which you're probably experiencing now, not that you had a drinking issue the way I did, but like the, the clarity and the drive for me was, was crazy. And, you know, that was the beginning of Clean Co. I went to a party, I uh, wasn't drinking, you know, I'd been sober for a very short amount of time, a matter of months. And... Uh, and I was, I was offered a non-alcoholic gin and tonic. Yeah. And my ears just stood on end, right? Because I love gin and tonics, yeah. but I wasn't yeah, allowed yeah, to drink yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> and I said, and I said, well, what's that? I was like, tonic water. And the guy was like, no, 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 it's a, it's a non-alcoholic gin yeah. and tonic. And I was, like, I was like, crack it out. Yeah, so, so I had that. And, uh, you know, it was the only brand on the market at the time. It was a seed lip. Yeah. Uh, the only thing yeah. around, yeah. right? And I just became obsessed with it and I don't use the word lightly like the word obsessed is a very strong word but I was yeah. I knew then and there that that's what I had to do I was like yeah. this is how is this not a huge thing why doesn't rum exist why doesn't tequila exist like what, what is this why non-alcoholic spirits and yeah. kind of I took that I asked if I could take the bottle with me um I, I thought the yeah I'm not bashing Seedlip here I think Seedlip are pioneers and I, I think yeah. what Ben Branson did is honestly fascinating and and, and created this you know, yeah. soon to be billion dollar market. Yeah. And, uh, and I loved it. You know, I thought that there were things about the product that I would do differently, yeah. which of course made it very exciting for me. And I just dedicated, honestly, my life really at the time, you know, now it's... Uh, it gives you a real focus as well, which I think, I believe, yeah. we'll come on to like kind purpose. of... Just, focus, yeah, purpose yeah. and things. And I think we'll come on to like how you fill that time because um, I think that is a really interesting point. I ha- having that kind of drive is... It is really important, but like just just as we're, I guess, to wrap up part one of the stomp cast, I, I'd like to just think a little bit more about that problem question, I guess, because I found it really interesting when I had that question, and I'm now, as we're recording this, six weeks, I just hit six weeks yesterday of 
Sobriety. Congrats. Lovely. Which I, yeah, which I'm really... How do you feel really about... So, sorry to interrupt your question. Yeah, sorry. How do you feel about the congratulations stuff? I people, like it. I yeah, like but, it because it's like... I know what you mean. One day I don't people, think it will be congratulations because yeah. I think the view of society will change. But currently, I think that does actually show ingrained within all of us our view on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think it's funny though because people say that to me, of course. They say, you know, congratulations. Yeah. Wow, you know, like, that must be so... Like, and it's like... I'm choosing to do this. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, nobody's yeah. holding a gun to yeah, my head, yeah. and, and, and I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't yeah. be doing it. Otherwise. But it's nice, isn't it? Just like I think it's celebrating your kind of little vic- victories in life. Maybe it's like it could be starting any new habit that's beneficial to you, right? Kind of like going out walking, or it might be your first time going to the gym. I think it is nice when you have that community around you, like you think, do you know what you're doing is. It's a good thing. Yeah. And it's a good it's No, a I'm good not start. saying I don't appreciate yeah. the congratulations. It's just that yeah. it's almost like you're being congratulated for doing something that you love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, which I is great, you. I suppose. I get you, I get you. So I guess the thing for me is when I the reason I decided from from my perspective was coming from that position of like I've got in my thirties now, my the things I enjoy are being reproductive, being creative, getting up in the morning, walking the dog enjoying going to the gym and stuff and like everything that I enjoy and I love my cars and I've just passed my motorbike test and I've ridden my motorbike fantastic everything that I enjoy is opposed to this one single thing and I read this fantastic quote that said you can have this one thing and sacrifice everything or you can give up this one thing and have everything and that just rung home to me in such a way I was like I don't actually care about alcohol that much I don't I'm drinking probably twice a week five, six pints on a Friday and a Saturday. Which 14 is, units. Which is, yeah, exactly, okay. 40, wink, wink, 40 units, <laughs> which I think is what I think a lot of people my age in London are doing. Yeah. But I actually now feel that it's, it's minimising, it's holding back, it's creating that kind of 50% when I want to be 100%. And that was my decision. So I think kind of the point I wanted to kind of think about is that wherever you come from in that decision or deciding is it a problem or is it not a problem, why am I doing this, why, why am I making this decision, I think it's personal. If you've decided that actually, regardless whether it's two pints a week or yeah. 20 pints a week, going back to that start point, if you're deciding that you're better off without it, then I think that's worthy of doing, isn't it? It's like, you don't well, have to feel, oh, I have to be bad enough to stop. I also just think, yeah, but that, that was my point the other day, really, with the alcoholic comments. It's kind yeah. of like, you don't need to be an alcoholic to just have a think about your relationship yeah. with alcohol. And also, you know, was it Ruby Warrington who, who wrote that interesting book who kind of coined the sober, curi- sober, yeah, sober curious, curious yeah. term? Um, which I think is, a, a, you know, I, I've kind of gone both sides of the fence with it, yeah. but actually I really like it, right? I like, it I it does like encapsulate it. kind of like people's it. feelings towards this kind of stuff. And people, people are curious. People I think are a curious. Lot of people, that's what people have said to me, and I'm sure you've had this a lot. People say to you, like, what's it like? Is yeah. it better? Are you well, happier? How do you, how do you, I interviewed a really interesting guy the other day on Big Fish. Um, he comes out on, on Wednesday, so before this, and he, uh, He's just given up alcohol. He's done, you know, I think he's on 70 days or something like yeah. that. And he, he was drinking a lot of tequila before. He's a young hedge fund manager. He's 26. He's raised $400 million. He's just right. like, he's this machine. He'll do 800 now he's stopped. Yeah, no, exactly. And he was so fascinating, right? And he, he was saying to me at the end, he's like, can I ask some advice? He's like, how do you go on dates sober? And I was like, well... Would you rather date your drunk self or your sober self? And That's he was like, he was like, response. I was, well, I'd rather go out of my sober self. And I was like, well, then they should be delighted that you're sober on yeah. the dates, right? Like, it's kind of, I was like, socially, I really don't believe that alcohol is a catalyst to, to having that good a time. Like, I know that I have better experiences now that I'm sober. And it's kind of, I think that is a real 
barrier to entry for people. Oh, it's like, well, what am I going to do when I go out? It's like, drink alternatives or just don't drink at all. Try it. Just, yeah. just you know, give it a go. And I think, you know, millions of people, particularly in January, are really uh, open to it. But also it feels very much more mainstream now. Like it yeah. definitely a few years ago when we launched in 2018 felt like a trend. It's almost like you had to be very careful about how you spoke about it, not to alienate people who drink. Yeah. You know, like our messaging was always, well, you know, moderation and, you know, people... And, and it's true that 80, 82% of people that drink Clinko yeah. also drink alcohol, yeah. and that, that's fine. But, you know, I think now with voices such as yours and hopefully mine and, you know, people oh, who are just a bit open, <laughs> open about it and just, like, just normalise it and destigmatize this you know, being sober, it's, it's really helpful to a lot of people. You know, I've only just started doing content around it, really. Yeah. Which is like, brilliant, as, I saw as, your as post yours, the other day. You know, people seem to really like it, and I just think it's really important. But I think it shows, that, so that, that post I did the other day, I think it's just hit it today, that post I did about 30 days sober has hit 300,000 likes know, on my Instagram unbelievable. Now. And I don't, I'm not into the numbers point from that kind of overall got 300,000 likes, but I mean from the perspective amazing, that I though. think it shows how many people truly do ask themselves, hmm, yeah. Maybe this is something I'd like to try. Yep. Anyway, we've come to the end of part one. We really steamrolled into it, which is fantastic. And actually, we're going to pick up on, I love that point around presenting your best self, I guess, and dating and whatever. We'll pick up, I guess, into that, into part two. And now I really want to dig into Clean Co and what we're going with it all, really, because the sky's the limit, I think. Thank you so much, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed part one and we'll join you, well, in part two. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.